Hey friends, thanks for listening to the Compared to Who show. So today's guest is Ginny Owens. And when her publicist first reached out to me about having her on the show to talk about her new book, I was kind of like, yeah, I don't know. That's outside the scope of what we normally do here. But... Ginny is blind, and I don't know if you know that or not about her. I'm sure you would recognize her music if you've listened to Christian radio. She's a recording artist, a singer-songwriter who has been in the industry for decades, like literally friends. She has like 10 albums, five EPs, two Christmas projects. So she's been, you know, on the charts gotten a lot of critical success for her music, been in film and television. And so she's been all over the place, but she is blind and has been blind since she was a little girl. And I thought, now this could be interesting to talk to a blind person about what it's like if there is any struggle with body image and comparison, when you don't have your eyes to look around and see others and compare yourself. So Jenny shares her answer to that interesting question in our interview. You can also tell just from talking to Jenny that she definitely loves the Lord, but her perspective may be a little different than some of ours in that she's a woman that's in the public eye a lot. So she has a lot of pressure on her to look a certain way. But I think you're really going to love this interview. View. Towards the end, we get real authentic about not wanting to leave the house sometimes. <laughs> we have something to do, but how badly we need community. And we talk about her new book, which I think would be really encouraging for any of you to read about going through hard times. So, anyway, I hope you like today's interview with singer, songwriter, recording artist, author, and speaker, Ginny Owens. Enjoy. <laughs> Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you stop comparing and start living. I'm your host, Heather Creekmore. I hate to admit this, but I used to secretly obsess over my appearance. I thought it was part of my job as a woman to always look better, but never felt like I could be good enough. Maybe you can relate. God, in his grace, showed me a way out, and I want to give you all the tools you need to break free too. If you've ever spent too much time stressing over your looks, I get it. I hope you'll keep listening and find the same freedom I have. Here are three other things you should know about me. I'm a minivan driving mom of four. I'm author of the book Compared to Who and The Burden of Better. I'm a blogger at comparedtowho.me. And you just may have seen my epic big fail on Netflix. If you've ever struggled with comparison or body image issues, Compared to Who is the show for you. I hope you enjoy today's episode and hey, tell a friend about it. Hey there, welcome to the Compared to Who show. I'm Heather Creekmore, and I am so glad that you are watching or listening today. Today, I have a super special guest that I already told you about, and I cannot wait for our conversation. So Ginny Owens, welcome to the Compared to Who show. Oh, thanks, Heather. It's so great to be here. So you know what happened this morning that was so ironic? I was uh -oh. scrolling through my Bible reading plan. I read on the Bible app every day, and yeah. I realized the one right below the one I'm currently doing is one that <laughs> you have written. So that Yay. was really cool. I'm oh, like, fun. Ginny Owens, wait. 
Oh, so, cool. I, I am a um, perpetual Bible plan starter and not necessarily <sighs> a finisher. I like to bounce around. It. So, <laughs> yes, well, mine's only four days, I think. So you could totally do that one. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I'm doing, I do the Bible in a year. That's, yes, my, that's what my I do regular too. one. Yes. You know, I like to have some additional content every once Absolutely. in a while. So it was super Absolutely. fun to see yours there. But that's I'm cool. just really excited. You have a new book coming out and and I'm excited for our conversation. But before we get started, I was just hoping maybe you'd share your story. I, I know some people listening today know you from your music, but but many might not even know that you're blind. I didn't yeah. know that about you. Oh, wow. <laughs> cool. So, I mean, until until I, I read a little bit more about you, I had no idea. And I, I was a big fan of music, but that part of the story escaped me. So I would love it if you would just share with everyone sure. when that started and, and what that journey has been like for you. Absolutely. Yeah. So I was born and raised in the South, in the deep South in Jackson, Mississippi. And I did, I, I could see a little bit when I was born. And for the first few years, I was learning my colors and all of that. My, my mom says my favorite was purple oh. and uh, <laughs> learning to recognize everybody's face and, and all those kinds of things. Uh, and then when I was three, I had a surgery that took away the mm. little bit of vision that I had. They were hoping it would actually stabilize my vision, but instead it, it took it away. And, um, but my parents were great about saying, you know, go out and play like you always do. And so I went and rode my bike and climbed trees and just learned not to really think anything of it, uh, of course, until I got to school. And then I realized the most difficult thing about being blind is, is other people's reactions to it. Mm. Um, but I also was, um, I, I was in love with music from the very beginning. I always loved it. Um, we had an old piano that lived in our house that I learned to play and, um, write songs on and, um, songwriting was something that I, that really kind of helped me process the world. I would journal about my life and I would write out, you know, conversations that I really wanted to have, but was too scared to. So I'd write those in songs. Um, especially when I got into middle and high school about boys, you know, we all have to write songs about <laughs> boys. So all the songs all the time, they used to be about Jesus, but then for a season, they were just about boys I all the it. time. Love it. And then I moved to Nashville to go to Belmont university and just thought I was going to be a high school music teacher. Even though I loved songwriting, I thought there's just, there's no way that I would ever like get to do that for a living. And, um, I, I was probably the only person in Nashville that was just hunting for a teaching job and ended up getting a record deal instead. So, <laughs> so yeah, awesome. so weird. <laughs> yep. I so I'm doing music for lots of years and then, uh, just wrote my first solo author book. Oh, and about three and a half years ago, I moved to New York City from Nashville. So I have made it all the way from the deep south to the deep north. And uh, I don't guess you call it, I guess you call it the far north. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> so we've, we've been on the journey and it's been great. It's Yankee country, I think yes. is what you call it when you're Yankee. from the deep south. Right? Yeah, I, I don't think you're allowed to say those kinds of things now. Oh. So I just, yeah, oh, well, I don't sorry. know. <laughs> so you can say it, just not me. So yeah. I grew up one mile north of the Mason Dixon line in Pennsylvania. Oh, wow. And so that was a, that was a, a, a funny thing because my parents are both from the South. So I, so I get it. It's different up North. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. And Absolutely. have you been, have you been locked down then for, for the yeah. last couple We've years? Been, oh, it feels like. <laughs> yeah, I know for the last hundred millennia. Yeah. I, well, the beautiful thing was not only technology helped us all connect, but also I had school and I was writing the book 
okay. during the pandemic, the first part of the pandemic, the first few months. So everyone's like, I don't know what to do with myself. I'm like, I do. I'm just, <laughs> there's no Netflix in my life. There's just, it's just work all the time. So anyway, but, but um, yeah. And another really cool thing in New York is of course we have Central Park. And so that mm-hmm. was not locked down. So um, I would get to go and take walks with friends there. And, you know, Central Park to me is a little bit like, um, you know, a very, very blurry, but, but still a, sort of an I- indication of what heaven's going to be like, because uh-huh. there's everyone from every nation tribe and uh-huh. come there and they're all laughing and happy and eating delicious smelling food and playing music. And so I, I think having Central Park during the pandemic was really just a, a joyful, you know, place to go. And, and a joyful experience that I was really thankful to have. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, I, I love New York City. I spent a lot of time in New York City in my 20s. So, so I fun. love the city and I love the park. So that that's yes. awesome. Well, Jenny, this show is about body image and comparison. Yes. And yes. my listeners and viewers are women who struggle with these issues, which really yeah. probably should be the entire female population. Absolutely. Right? They should all be listening because <laughs> that is the real thing. <laughs> My target market is broad, Yes, <laughs> um, but I just can't help but think what a different experience this may be for you because most of my women, I, one thing that, you know, we talk about all the time is how they're looking around and seeing mm-hmm. another woman to compare yeah. themselves to yes. and wishing they had her body or her life in, in some, mm-hmm. in some visual way that they have processed. Yeah. But I would assume for you, that's a little different. <laughs> has, has, well. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd love yeah, to know. Exactly. So what, what's yeah. it, what's it been like? How has being blind impacted your perception of body image? Well, I do think because I remember, so I remember when I was 12, I was done. Well, when I was in all of middle school, I was dying to learn to put on makeup. Uh-huh. And my mom at first was like, you know, it's not time yet. It's not time yet. And finally she's like, okay, you can learn. If you promise me, you're going to just stick with it until you get it because it's important that you know how to do that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, of course I will put on makeup twice a day. I will put it on like, <laughs> all day, whatever. Yes. And I remember, so we went to this lady's house that we knew that, that did, you know, like sold makeup and she taught me all the different moves for putting on makeup, applying, you know, foundation and blush and eyeshadow. And there was, you know, brushes and, you know, sponges and palettes and swipes. And it was a lot for somebody that can't see to just try to remember how to do it and the technique and also to count, like how many swipes do you swipe the brush in the palette? And then how many on your face, you know, Uh those kinds of things. And so, you know, four or five days into that process, I said to my mom, I, you know, I think I'm just going to wear lipstick. I'm good. (laughs) And cause this is too hard. And she's like, no, no, you have to learn this because one day you're, you are going to probably need it. Uh, but, (laughs) and she was totally right about that, but she, (laughs) she also said, you know, if you don't do it, and she would teach me this about ironing my clothes, which now I know we don't do much of that, but you know, having clothes that looked kept and all that, uh-huh. she, she would say, if you don't do these things, people are going to think it is because you can't, people mm-hmm. are going to think it's because you're incapable and you don't want them to think that. So in other words, she was very wonderfully honest about preparing me for the truth of mm-hmm. the world and how mm-hmm. other people look at us mm-hmm. and how they size us up. And I've always, you know, found that to be the case. Like if I, you know, have a day when I go out wrinkled or whatever, I try not to do that, but you know, (laughs) if, if, if it's like my Saturday clothes, 
you know, people kind of treat me like I'm in my Saturday clothes. So because mm-hmm. of that, I realized the importance of visuals. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing I would say about that is if I'm in a group of people, even if I don't know them, I can always tell who the less uh, attractive people are by the way that they speak and the way that they carry themselves. Cause you can tell their confidence has huh. been hurt. Like you can tell, yeah, unless it's somebody just really unique who has been able to really find a way to, to rest in, in the love of their family and the love of Jesus. And, and, yeah. you know, I mean, and so then you don't, you don't always know, but I usually can tell like who is more or less attractive just by the things that they say or, um, huh. Yeah. Or the things that they don't say, or just, you Uh know, their security level. So all of that to say what that has done in my own head is it's definitely made me, I mean, I, I compare myself not by looks. I mean, usually it's like by, you know, have I, have I done as much as I need to, is this, you know, is my, whatever is my song as good as this other person's, Mm -hmm. I would do some more of that. But I also think, um, I, I compete against myself a lot. Mm. So I think, oh man, I, you know, I really, I've got to make sure to look as put together as I can, because otherwise people will just think I am, you know, a useless member of society, or they will think I can't do any better. So I think for me, most of the comparison, I mean, even though I would do it in other areas, most of the comparison body image wise is, is comparing myself to myself and just Mm -hmm. sort of that, that need of, okay, I've got to really work on this. I've got to work on losing a few pounds or I've got, you know, so yeah. those things definitely, cause you kind of learn that society loves you or accepts you. And then you have to learn how to kind of get past that and say, I'm not going to worry so much about what society thinks of me, but that is a, a practice that, that you have to really develop, I think. as, as you well know. So, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I'm wondering, you know, I I mean, it's, it's, (laughs) I'm going to lay out a comparison. Isn't that awful? I (laughs) I, I just, I wonder, you know, it's, it's impossible to measure, but I wonder to what extent. And I, I, I talk to women all the time who, who tell me something similar from a different set of circumstances, of course, but who are like, no, I don't really compare myself to others. I just compare myself to like the me I want to be. And I wonder to what extent sometimes that could even be more pressure, right? You know, because, because when it's the me you want to be like the, the sky's the limit, (laughs) right? There's no, like, there's, there's no boundaries to our ideals. Right. So, um, so yeah, well, thank you for sharing that. And it's funny you mentioned your makeup because I, um, I was on YouTube looking oh, yeah. you up, stalking you uh, okay, in preparation yes. for this interview. And I saw your makeup tutorial from several years ago and it was oh, so yeah. neat. So oh, uh, if you're interested in watching Jenny put on makeup, it's on YouTube. Yes, <laughs> so it is. Indeed. I was like, you had some good tips. Aww, <laughs> so. Thanks. tired of comparing yourself to others? It's time to break free, my friend. Check out comparetohu.me online and you'll find a ton of great resources, blog posts, videos, and so much more to help you stop comparing and start living. And make sure you sign up for my exclusive email list while you're there. I send my email friends things I don't send anyone else. You can also find out more about my brand new book, The Burden of Better, How a Comparison-Free Life Leads to Joy, peace and rest. If you're tired of battling comparison, friend, I wrote this book just for you. Check it out right after this episode, of course.
you have a brand new book coming out that apparently you were writing during COVID, Um, which (laughs) probably was interesting timing because your book is singing in the dark and it's all about walking through darkness and finding light in hard times. Right. And the struggle is real. Would you tell us just a little bit more about uh, what the book's about and, and what your heart was there? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so in a, in a nutshell, I would say the book is about what can we do? It kind of answers the question, what can we do to find hope Mm. in our difficult circumstances in what I call the darkness. And for all of us, there's some sort of darkness. Maybe we're not in the most difficult situation, but maybe it's just that we can't, you know, sit down with God at the coffee shop and just have a chat with him, you know? So, Mm. so there are things that aren't clear to us. Maybe it's just, what is my next move? What, what should I be doing? next week or next year, or, Mm. you know, so there's some elements of just not being able to see the way ahead clearly Mm. for all of us. And, um, so what I do is I share some of my own story and how I have found hope. And most importantly, I share what I call songs from scripture that teach us how to find hope, no matter what it is that we're facing. So some of the songs are literal songs, like from the Psalms, some of them are prayers, um, one of them is from a, a letter that Paul wrote to his friends, uh, the Philippians, where he's in prison. But um, we know that Paul sang a lot in prison. And so in Philippians yeah. 4, he's, I, I envision him singing to them mm-hmm. uh, because they're being, they're suffering. He's suffering. And so he's singing to them about mm-hmm. finding joy and about not being anxious about anything and yeah. about being content in every situation. So it felt like, felt like a song to me. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it, we explore some of those different songs and see how we can use those songs to sing of our own hope in our own day and time and the uh, sing of, of the hope that God is faithful. But we also just look at the stories of how God worked in so many lives of, of different folks in the Bible. And, and we find that their stories are not unlike ours. You know, there are definitely a lot of the same struggles. Like um, the first chapter, in fact, is about Leah. Um, and Leah was, as some will probably know, the first wife of Jacob. Mm-hmm. of Jacob and Esau. And they, Jacob and Esau were the grandsons of Abraham. And uh, Leah was unattractive. She was um, the, the Bible tells us she had weak eyes and we don't mm-hmm. totally know what that meant, except that in her society, she was not considered pretty. Her mm-hmm. father didn't think he would be able to marry her off to anyone. So he sneakily marries her off to a guy who loves their sister mm-hmm. and you can't get any worse than that. Yeah. Um, and so Leah's longing in her life is to, um, to have her husband's love, to be seen and loved for who she is but really the only one who sees and loves her is God. And so she sings several songs about it. And her first few songs are like, oh, yay, God has seen me. So now Mm -hmm. he's given me a son and my husband's going to love me. And so all of God's blessings to her are kind of a means to her own ends of of getting her husband's love and what she wants. Um, But yet finally, she has her son Judah, her fourth son, and she finally gets it. She finally realizes that she's seen and loved by the God of all. And so she says, this time, I will praise the Lord this time. I'm going to center myself in him. And, um, so I think it's a call to all of us to know that, you know, the, the Lord, every blessing that he gives us is because he loves us, you know? So to just realize as he's blessing us, that he sees us, he sees our struggles, he sees our pain, he sees our darkness, um, and he's bringing light into it with every single blessing. So, so yeah, the book is about these different stories and songs and how we can 
sing them into our own lives. And there's even a place to kind of write your own song or prayer or just thoughts at the end of each chapter um, inspired by a song that that I put in there for my you know own collection of songs uh, that are many of, from over the years and so so yeah it's it's really special it was really special to write oh I love that Jenny and I love that you talked about Leah so Leah is a a regular on the show oh, good. <laughs> um, as so, she should be yeah yes. Leah, Leah's one of my favorites and I feel like you know her story is not told as often as it needs to be. When we look at like the biblical women who are our heroes, it's always, it's always Esther and Ruth and no one talks about poor Leah. <laughs> so yeah. I, um, I love it because I feel like Leah's story is one that more of us can relate to <laughs> than <Yes>. Queen Esther's. <laughs> so, yes. uh, so I love that you brought her up, but you know, you're talking about, we all go through hard times. We all go through darkness but most of us want to avoid darkness at That's all costs, right? right? Yes. So, so is there just one lesson maybe that you would share with us from your book of what you've learned uh, walking through darkness instead of running away from it? <laughs> yeah, don't avoid it. That's the first thing. Um, but pick it up and take it to God. Mm. And um, when we go through suffering, the one thing that we are certain about is that we have a God who cares about our suffering. And we know that because he walked through the ultimate suffering right. for us. And so, um, so when we have suffering, we have to bring it to God. We have to cry out to him. You know, I would say if, yeah, I mean, especially if the suffering is really difficult, it's a time to, to grab a passage of scripture that brings you hope and just live in that every day come back to it multiple times a day, memorize it, pray it, cry it. God wants us to walk with him in our suffering. And we are told countless times in the Bible that suffering can actually produce character. It can produce deep things in us, um, but it can also make us bitter if God isn't in the midst of it. So, um, so it is important to take our suffering to God, to pour it out. We don't have to say it's going to be okay, but we can lament before him. We can say why we can say, I am overwhelmed by this, but I always like to say, you know, lament is sorrow with hope at the mm -hmm. center mm -hmm. because we do not, uh, we do not go alone. And so, yes, we take our suffering to him. We lay it out there knowing that he can do something about it, that he can change our lives. Yeah, I love that. And in my most recent book, The Burden of Better, I talk about suffering, but I make the distinction between lament and complaining. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I love that you talk about lament because I, you know, I don't feel like we talk about lament very much, but lament right. is, is a very biblical way to express ourselves to God. <laughs> like, right. Help me. Why? This is hard. Yeah. It's so different than complaining, which is. God, this isn't fair that you've done right. this to me. And, yeah. you know, that just really doubts his sovereignty. So I, I love that you make mm -hmm. that distinction. Yes, uh, well, you, you talk in your book about a journey of restlessness. Yeah. So I guess you're, you know, in the thick of your, you know, music career, I guess things are just starting to take off, living the dream, <laughs> yes. but burning out in the process. And I think this is something that most of my listeners can relate to. Absolutely. Uh, and we talk a lot on the show about chasing idols, idols mm -hmm. like success, idols yes. like beauty and the perfect yes. body, even idols like marriage. Right. So for those of us who feel like our wheels are just spinning, we're chasing and chasing, we're in this restlessness that you talk about, what, what advice do you have for putting your trust in God and finding rest? Mm. 
Well, I think there are a couple of things that we need to do that. We need a, a rest time every mm-hmm. week. I think it's super important. Um, I, I think, you know, for me, that has been Sunday afternoons, not only for a glorious nap, which naps are always better <laughs> on Sundays, but just for time to read, um, and meditate on mm-hmm. some, some words from scripture. I would even say, take a couple of verses, read through them slowly, read through them a lot. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, ask Jesus to, to be there with you and to give you rest as you read his truth. So I, I think to me, that is always, you know, rest the beautiful thing about rest for us when we have Christian hope is that it's a time for us to sit back and marvel at God's creation, at his mm-hmm. blessing without totally just jumping in and participating in all of it. Mm-hmm. So we're sitting back and marveling and reflecting on all the great things that he's done. And when we do that, when we rest that way, it rejuvenates us. Mm-hmm. So I think a, a rest period, you know, once a week, but then also, you know, a rest moment, um, for me, that's in the mornings, like just having that moment of, of being refueled with, um, with Bible time, with prayer time, with, with pouring out to God, everything that's going on in our hearts and just letting him again, you know, like resting in him, like laying it all on him, um, and then allowing him to speak to us. So that ends up being rejuvenating too. Um, and then the last thing I would say is I think community really helps us rest. I know in the times when I've Um, and I'm definitely an introvert, so it's not easy for me to say that, but the times that I've been the most restless, it's been other people that God Mm -hmm. sends to speak God's rest, his rest to me. Um, and we need that. We need just the balance of that. We need, um, sort of the, the rejuvenation that comes with people speaking into our lives. So, so yeah, I think those are kind of the main practical pillars of rest for me. Oh, I love that because, well, one thing you said was taking that moment or that time to marvel in God's creation. And I feel like when I talk to women about rest, you know, taking a Sabbath day each week, it's hard for us to figure out how to rest, right? I mean, it's like, okay, does that mean she wants me to lay on the couch and watch TV? Is that like qualifying as rest? But I love how you made the distinction of marveling in God's creation, Right. right? Because just vegging out in front of the television may feel like rest at some level because maybe you're not doing anything productive. Right. That's not really a rejuvenating soul feeding kind of rest. Exactly. (laughs) In fact, you know, it's a kind of, it's a kind of, I guess, rest isn't the right word. (laughs) It's a kind of break that makes you more tired afterwards a lot of times, right? So, so I I love that you made that distinction. And and then the community, that is so important. And that's something Mm -hmm. we talk about a lot here because, I think every issue we struggle with is is somehow uh, helped when we are in community. Hundred percent, right? yes. Oh, it always is. Having Absolutely. people around you, and it's funny you mentioned being an introvert. So I am more of an extrovert, but there are times oh, when you know that that like that meeting is coming up at 7 p.m. And between like 4 to 6.30, it's like, I don't have the energy for this. I can't do this. What excuse can I come up with not to go to this? And then every time I force myself to go, Yes. Always, always rejuvenating. It yes. always brings me energy. So I, I love, I love that community. Uh, I love, I'm glad to know I'm not the only one that does that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. what excuse is a kid, is a kid sick? Maybe yeah, <laughs> what, what yeah. can I come up with? Oh, yes. wait, no, God, you want me to go to this. <laughs> okay. Exactly. I'll go. <laughs> Oh, I love that. Well, Jenny, would you tell everyone just where they can connect with you and where they can get your book? And what, when does it release? It might be out now already. Uh, Yeah, it's out now because it it came out May 1st. So yeah. 
Fantastic. And where can everyone connect with you? So JennyOwens.com, that would be with a G, G-I-N-N-Y, Owens.com. Uh, also on the Facebooks, it's Jenny Owens Music. And on Instagram, it's Jenny Owens Official and Twitter's at Jenny Owens. Awesome. And all that'll be in the show notes too. But if you yes. are driving or doing laundry and <laughs> wanted to catch that, yes. I wanted to put that out there for you. Well, Jenny, thank you so much for being on the Compared to Who show today. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Heather. It's been so fun. And thank you for watching or listening today. I hope something in today's show has helped you stop comparing and start living. Bye-bye. Hey, friend, would you check out the date on that episode you just listened to? Yeah, it's been a minute. Listening to old podcasts is almost like reading my diary from several years ago. In some cases, it's even a little embarrassing. So instead of listening straight through season by season, can I encourage you to skip ahead? I release brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And if you're not sure where to start, you can go to improvebodyimage.com, find the Start Here button, and I've got several episodes listed and categorized so you can find the topics that are of most interest to you. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey. Do you want to better understand the Bible and get biblical answers to those who ask you about your faith? Hi, this is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Podcast Show. Listen to us weekly as we bring the truth often found in the ivory towers of seminary down to the steeple towers of the local church. Join me along with many of the nation's top theologians as we offer answers to life tough questions from an apologetic perspective. Subscribe to the show at lifeaudio.com.